I'm Mayor Platypus Pete, and welcome to Land of the Confusing Semi-Aquatic Mammals. And I'm Kirby's Bucket of Fish. From the video game? No, from the Minnesota Twins. <laughs> Kirby Puckett's Bucket of Fish. <laughs> Kirby Puckett was known to keep a bucket of fish in the dugout. When, he was ra- when he'd be rounding third base, they'd just throw one out and he'd catch it in his mouth. <laughs> should have, should have, probably home. should have been Kirby Puckett's Bucket of Fish. That would have made more sense. Kirby Puckett's Bucket. Dave, what are we talking about today? Sea monsters. And you're talking about sea monsters from the ocean, not not like an Odwalla sea monster, which, as we all know, is a uh, a smoothie made of various citrus and uh, assorted fruits. I mean, we could talk about that. I hadn't planned on it. But... <laughs> <laughs> I think it's got some orange, tangerine, mango. Very delicious. So to start us off... Uh, the first thing I thought about with Sea Monsters was LL Cool J's uh, uh, dopest song from uh, the movie Deep Blue Sea. The song is bluest. What? Sadly, not on Spotify. Not on Spotify. My head is like a shark's fin. That was an interesting song in an interesting video where he's swimming around and he's turning into a shark. He's already kind of shark-like. I mean... You add some some flippers and a, a couple fins, and he's halfway there. Well, he's always been been very smooth, both in in the sense of um, <laughs> <laughs> he's good with the ladies, and he's hairless. Uh, I got to say though, that's not my favorite thing about Deep Blue Sea. My favorite thing is when Sam Jackson is giving his inspirational speech, and halfway through, the shark pops out of the water and eats him. <laughs> <laughs> but I know, I know, if a character you're very fond of is uh, SpongeBob SquarePants. You know, I didn't watch SpongeBob when I was younger, mm-hmm. but when you think about SpongeBob, it's kind of effed up. I mean, he lives in Bikini Bottom with a bunch of mutated fish and other sea creatures. <laughs> <laughs> His entire society is built on the nuclear testing at the Bikini Atoll. You know, there's a, a comic that a guy's been writing on Reddit called the Bikini Bottom Horror that really dives mm-hmm. into it. But you know the. One of the questions that comes up is, what is in Mr. Krabs' secret recipe? I mean, there aren't that many (laughs) ingredients, right? And in the Reddit comic, it's hypothesized that they have Patrick, and they're constantly, like, killing him and regenerating him. And that's the secret recipe. And there's a Wow, that is dark. (laughs) That is horribly dark. I also wanted to mention the ultimate sea monster, Cookie Monster, who's eating vegetables now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So wait, Cookie Monster is eating vegetables? Yeah, like he's he's all about like carrots and celery and stuff now. He still eats cookies, but he eats them after eating like vegetables. And I'm wondering if he's going to get on his case about this. (laughs) It's possible. (laughs) Michelle came down to Sesame Street and knocked on his door. She she flexed. She flexed her magnificent arms and he was cowed. (laughs) Oh, man. Um, (laughs) I see you're like live editing our show notes right now. Um, but there's a section here that you're editing called people doing it with sea creatures. <laughs> so like why, so I get that um, 
I mean, mermaids look sexy, right? But you can't have proper sex with them. The bottom parts of fish. I, I think that's disputed, though. Is it? I mean, um, is the top part the fish? <laughs> then I mean, no, 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 no. <laughs> so in 1959, Disney hired a bunch of sexy young ladies to put on the mermaid garb and the fins and everything and hang out in the lagoon around where the submarine is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they ostensibly had the largest mermaid mermaid army in the world for a while. Mm-hmm. But uh, a bunch of like sailors kept jumping in the water trying to get to the mermaid, so they had to stop it. <laughs> but were they inspired by, there was the, the Wikiwachi uh, Spring. Do you know the Wikiwachi Spring? I do in not. In Florida? It's like a roadside attraction in Florida where they've had the essentially done that where they've hired women to be mermaids. Um, they're in this like, you know, tank. Um, so I wonder if that's where Disney got the idea for that. <laughs> I'm going to look it up and see what year that was after the show. Um, was, was Walt intending to, um, you know, uh, activate this army at some point for well, he had like political the third purposes? Largest submarine flight. Sub, he had the third largest submarine fleet. And the largest mermaid army. So one can only assume that at some point Walt was intending on naval conquest. He was. <laughs> he was going to take over the Bahamas. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, the timing really works out. Maybe he was going to be like a second um, Cuban invasion. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, new conspiracy theory. JFK. <laughs> Walt working together to take down Castro with world's largest mermaid army. <laughs> just weird enough to be true. So I also wanted to touch on sailors and manatees. Yeah. And it's been pointed out recently that manatees, when viewed from a certain angle, look like they have (laughs) mermaid tails. And apparently that's what sailors were on about when they were talking about wanting to get with mermaids. (laughs) Interesting. (laughs) A little little late night manatee tryst. I mean, hey, if you're on a ship for a long time, you get lonely. You see see a manatee out there in the cool blue water. Hey, my head is like a shark's fin. I don't know if that's what the sound of the manatee makes, but... No, you're going to open up your PowerPoint, Dave. Remember when I tried to... I tried to do that master P sound and it like opened up your PowerPoint on your computer. (laughs) (laughs) Like Siri, Siri thinks that a manatee sounds like PowerPoint. And then there's the lady who had sex with a dolphin named Peter. (laughs) (laughs) So there's a lady named Margaret Howe Lovett who was working on a NASA project where they were studying dolphins. And as part Mm -hmm. of this project, she was staying in a room that uh, had access to like water where the dolphins lived. Mm-hmm. And so she was with these dolphins all the time. And there was a dolphin named Peter and he would uh, come up once every once in a while and masturbate on her leg. And she let him, she kind of would rub him off to help calm him down. Wait, how, what do you, what do you mean? How does a dolphin masturbate on your leg? Like a dog, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> His little, his little dolphin weenie would come out and she would do her, do her job and then he'd go back and uh, she Wait, said, hold on. I know we're going to have to bleep this out, but like she would stroke him off. <laughs> yes. 
She said, and I quote, Peter liked to be with me. He would rub himself on my knee, my foot, or my hand. And I allowed that. <laughs> it wasn't that crosses a, a lot of lines. As long as it wasn't too rough. In the beginning, I would put him on the elevator and say, you go play with the girls for the day. <laughs> it, it was sexual on his part. It was not sexual on mine. Sensuous, perhaps. Wow. <laughs> this is real? This is yes. incredible. <laughs> I I thought you were you were just like totally bullshitting me on this, but it's better than I expected that story to be. Um, <laughs> a lot of questions, but I don't think any are appropriate for the podcast. Uh, <laughs> so the sirens of Odysseus. Yeah. Or, so so Odysseus, they were going through uh, an area, and they had been told that there was. There were sirens, and if you heard their song, you wouldn't be able to resist them. So mm -hmm. he had his shipmates all put wax in their ears, but he had himself tied to the mast so he could um, uh, hear the siren song without being without being able to succumb to it. And so as they 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 drove the ship by the sirens, he went crazy, screaming for them to un undo his bonds so he could swim out to the sirens. And it wasn't until they got out of earshot that they could let him go. Hello, Abigail. Hello, Abigail. Welcome. What's, what's, your, what's your podcast name today? A soup monster. I was gonna be spaghetti soup, but I couldn't remember how to spell spaghetti. You, <laughs> spaghetti soup. Is that what we do when you put too much sauce in? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what type of soup monster are you? Um. I don't really like eat, I don't even corn really chowder, chicken, chicken noodle. Yeah, you gotta you gotta define the type of soup. <laughs> um tomato, I guess. <laughs> Just tomato. Nice. I dislike tomatoes, but whatever. It could be a, a a melted ice cream soup. Yeah, melted ice cream soup. So we're gonna go through our top ten list of sea monsters, and you can give your takes on what we've chosen for each of the top ten, okay? Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay, so number ten, Neil. Sharks. Sharks go back 450 million years. They they predate dinosaurs. Yeah, they've, they're, the, they, they're the ultimate. They're, they're the things that should be ruling the planet, not <laughs> humans. It's true. They should. And you know, if since they've been around so long, you would think they would have figured out a way to, to conquer us by now, but they have not. Despite all those teeth, our hands are more useful weapons. If you really want to be scared, think about what sharks could have done if they had grown opposable thumbs. Mm -hmm. True, that would be oh, terrifying. <laughs> so this oh, brings up a. I actually, have something uh, to say about sharks. The other day, I, I the other day I actually showed my little sister a picture of a goblin shark. Oh, that... goblin sharks are the creepiest. Yeah. <laughs> Is that the noise they make? No, that's the noise I make when when I when I try to be a goblin shark. That's how you scare your sister. That's the noise you make as you arise from your bowl of soup. <laughs> yes. The soup monster has risen. Anyway, we're probably move on long. to the ninth one. No, no, no. We have we have more to talk about with sharks because yeah. sharks were the inspiration for one of the greatest films ever made, Sharknado. I knew you were going to say Sharknado. <laughs> I've, now, I've never seen Sharknado, but it sounds like a very strange concept. <laughs> That's well, a generous those, way of putting it. <laughs> it's one of those things that makes sense when you're three beers in and like just shooting the breeze with your buddies. 
Yeah. It's like, Imagine yeah, what if there a... was like a big hurricane that picked up all the sharks from the ocean? <laughs> yeah. Now there's never been a now there's never been a storm of sharks. There has been in some places around the world. It has rained frogs and fish. Mm-hmm. Which would be and very then, weird. And then, and then in Brazil, I think I read a book on this. Um, and then in Brazil, I think it rains spiders sometimes. <laughs> mm, that's definitely the creepiest. I would never visit. The, <laughs> I'll the never worst. visit there. That's the worst rain. Yeah. Uh, we've also got Bruce the shark from Jaws. And, and if you didn't know this, the what the, the sharks are not fish or fish not food. Uh, shark from Finding Nemo. Fish are friends, named, not food. Yes, thank you. He was named Bruce after the shark in Jaws. And then there's my favorite shark, the jaguar shark from The Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou. A glorious movie. And shout out to, to So George and his David Bowie covers for that movie. They're fabulous. All okay. right, Abigail, here's the moment. Number nine, Dave. Moby Dick. Uh, okay. <laughs> the only thing <laughs> I really know about that like book... Is that there was an episode of Animaniacs where there was a skit on that. That's all oh. I know. <laughs> it is an interesting book. A lot of it's developed to or devo- devoted to the minutiae of whaling. So if you're not interested in whaling, it's really a slog <laughs> to get through. <laughs> I wasn't really that interested in the ocean in general. And really, it's more about Captain Ahab because the whale's hardly in it. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all about how he's obsessed with getting the whale that bit off his leg, which I don't think whales bite off legs. Maybe killer <laughs> whales, but this wasn't a killer whale; it was a sperm whale. It's a it's a psychological study. <laughs> Shout out to Moby Dick Bar in San Francisco. It's it's one of those books that whenever whenever kids in junior high hear it, they snicker because it's called Moby Dick. I was always reluctant. To, <laughs> I was always I was always reluctant to say Moby Dick. Can we just like, call him Moby Richard? Yeah, <laughs> Moby Richard. Moby <laughs> Richard. <laughs> Number eight, the creature from the Black Lagoon. Oh, this is a movie. Now I, I made you watch this movie when you were younger, right, Abigail? Yeah, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure I was like I fell asleep in your study back when you had a study back at our old house, and mm-hmm. <laughs> I woke up in the middle of the night. And I came out, and you were watching Creature of the Black Lagoon. And I was like, oh, "Hey, that looks interesting." But you 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 found it very terrifying. I th- yeah I thought yeah it makes sense. I was like four. Yeah, I mean it is a pretty as far as the old monsters go, it's pretty scary, and it's probably the most plausible of them. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that the the idea of of a creature coming out of a lagoon or any sort of body of water <laughs> is creepy. I I got to be honest, like that's terrifying. The megalodon. Ooh, megalodons! Who had who had who had a um, who had a Jaws type movie made? Yes. Now I got to say the megalodon was twenty three meters long, which is terrifyingly huge, but not nearly as huge as the the Meg in the movie. How big is the Meg like in the a, movie? I haven't. seen It's it. like big enough to eat ships. <laughs> it's like big enough to take and on other Godzilla. Whales. Godzilla was swimming. Yeah. So I'm fairly sure that they upsized it by about 10 times to make it scary in the movie, which, okay, whatever. Fair enough. You got to, you got to, hey, we're we're competing for attention here these days. You got to make everything bigger and better. Number six, the giant squid. As featured in 20,000 Leagues 
under the sea, or as Neil you'd like to call it, ten thousand leagues. Ten thousand leagues under the sea. <laughs> the sequel. <laughs> um, Half the depth, twice the terror. Giant squids are a really interesting concept, in my opinion. Didn't we like only get a picture, like an actual like video and picture of it, like more recently? Yeah, well, we've actually had a couple wash up on beaches and things, and they're not like. 20,000 leagues out, uh, under the sea huge but you know they're pretty big yeah it's not it's not gonna like wreck your submarine but it's enough to give you nightmares yeah S- science fiction we're, we're finding it throughout its entire history has always overestimated the size of the sea monsters yeah um, they think they got to make them huger to make them terrifying yeah like, honestly like the, the bigger kraken. they get the... yeah well we'll get to the kraken uh although nice. i do want to mention the book kraken by and i never can pronounce his name China Myville, I don't know. It's not close enough. Which is not actually a kraken. It's a giant squid that's stolen and is the harbinger of the end of the world. Very weird. So it's a. I wouldn't. So it's an eldritch god. (laughs) (laughs) On the concept of eldritch gods later. Later, Later we'll mention eldritch gods. Yeah. Okay. Number five: Scylla and Charybdis. I've never heard of that. So mm. Odysseus has to sail his ship through uh, the Strait of Messina, which is between modern-day Sicily and Calabria. And on one side is Charybdis, which is a ship-destroying whirlpool. And then the other side is Scylla, which is a monster that loves to snack on sailors. Wait, Dad, is that <laughs> the one from that Greek mythology book? Probably. Yeah. So he has to decide whether he's going to sail close to the the ship eating whirlpool or the monster that loves to snack on sailors so he 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 sails on the the skilla side and of course like half his sailors are plucked out of his boat and eaten but he does make it through and his ship his ship uh survives okay so uh number four that's the loch ness monster friend or foe abigail Definitely friend. Oh, I'm sorry. That's uh, soup monster. That's you. Uh, I would say probably it completely depends. If you're going to mess with it, it'll probably try to kill you, but or like at least attack you. I, but I doubt, but I feel like it's just, it'll leave you be as long as you're like chill. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, that's kind of the way to approach all animals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you think Jesse exists, Abigail? Um, I think there's definitely a good chance. But I feel like it's the same type of thing as Bigfoot. I mean, people always, like, say they got it on camera, but it always ends up being, like, a piece of driftwood or some guy in a suit or, like, a weird-looking bear. Like, mm-hmm. I feel it, but I feel like there's definitely a good chance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. You think there's... You think there are, are uh, there's actually- megafauna out there that we have yet to discover? Well, I well, there's actually an episode of Gravity Falls, like actually the second episode that actually has a pretty good example of that type of thing, but I won't go into it. Well, well, this well, is exactly well, the place to go actually, into. Okay, it. then, yes, I'll, go, go, then into I'll go into it. <laughs> okay, I'll basically just kind of give like the quickest rundown I can. Give us a one minute synopsis. Okay, they're at a lake, and there's a weird monster that's supposed to be there, and then they go to try to find it. Turns out it's a robot. And then the last scene of the episode is the real monster swimming under the water. <laughs> so there actually is a monster in addition to the yeah, fake that's just that's just not the one they were chasing. They're chasing a fake one. Wow. Strong Godzilla, Mecha Godzilla vibes there. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, number four, Yo- Gonder. No, number three. I'm oh, sorry, number three, Gonder. What? Which wow, is nice, nice pronunciation. The mid- that's the Midgard World Serpent Serpent in North mythology. And it's one of the children of Loki. Oh, and currently it's it's biting its tail, and when it releases its tail, Ragnarok's going to be. Mm-hmm. It's an Ouroboros. Okay, number two. We're getting down to the really good stuff here. Oh, yeah. The Kraken. Release it, Dave. <laughs> so there's the Kraken in Pirates of the Caribbean. Caribbean. Which I have not seen in a long time. <laughs> and then in Clash of the Titans, there's the Kraken in the original and the new one, which takes more of a humanoid form. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's really weird looking. And then, of course, in the uh, our, our favorite book of mythology, Dallaire's book of Greek myths, which is a kid's book, yeah. uh, they illustrate all of the different creatures and stuff. And one of them they illustrate is the Kraken, and it looks like a, a poop monster. Yeah, that's what I was referring to. Although Neil what? said it looked like a sea potato. <laughs> I thought it looked like a sea potato. I'm just wondering why why the, the shape of the Kraken is so disputed. Yeah, I know. Some people think it's like a squid. Some people think it's like, I don't even know what it is. And it's just all like teeth and tentacles. And, it uh, makes me wonder if there are various myths that have kind of been consolidated into the, the Kraken myth. Seattle now has a new hockey franchise called the Kraken, and their branding is really, really good. I want. I don't want to get a Seattle often, Kraken hat. What? I want to get a Seattle Kraken hat. Yeah, sports branding is often really terrible, and so I think it's worth noting when it's done well. Moving on, Soup Monster. Do you want to announce number one? I think you know what it is. Yep, number one, Cthulhu. <laughs> <laughs> so Cthulhu is actually dead. But he's older and tougher, tougher than death, and so eventually he's going to come back. <laughs> and there was a a black and white silent movie made in two thousand five about Call of the Cthulhu, which is actually really good. Um, I actually recently started it. I actually recently started the story of Call of Cthulhu in a book of H.P. Lovecraft stories. It was the guy who originally thought of the idea of Cthulhu. And so, about question: it. What would what would Cthulhu's pronouns be? Uh, Neil the Gaiman thinks he's a male, but I think he transcends. Uh, he transcends, transcends gender. gender. He's probably like Schritter or whatever it is in his, on his planet. <laughs> I think. Uh, I think we'll stick with they. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the singular let's, they. Let's just go they. Yeah. <laughs> so, and incidentally, according to Neil Gaiman, it's Cthulhu. Uh, Cthulhu is a male, and Cthulhu ate his mom right after. His, his, he was born, and of course, his mom ate his dad right after he fertilized her. All right, Abigail, thank you for being on the show for our top ten list. Thank you, Soup Monster. Oh. I'm gonna go now. You can bye. descend slowly back into Wait. your bowl of Italian wedding soup and and re- return <laughs> to your natural shape, which is that of a meatball. <laughs> <laughs> Do you put meatballs in your soup, Neil? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so we're going to get to the honorable mentions. First one being dinosaurs, the original sea creatures. <laughs> <laughs> and and you were just pointing out to me that, that uh, sw- ancient swimming reptiles are not the same as dinosaurs. Yeah. 
but there are some exceptions like Spinosaurus and you, you were talking about Mosasaurus. Yeah. I, I recently read that the Mosasaurus, they, they think spent much more time in the water than originally assumed. And so mm. could make the argument that it was a sea dwelling dinosaur. Uh, and then of course there's Godzilla and other Kaiju. Mm-hmm. Did you see Pacific Rim? I didn't. And I, and honestly, I haven't seen Cloverfield either. Oh. I feel like, <laughs> Like I just, just like failed this section of the <laughs> <laughs> F minus for freeze. Bummer. Uh, but well, Godzilla, fact- Godzilla does come from the bottom of the ocean. So I think he does, even though he conducts his terror mostly above ground. Um, I think it counts as a sea monster and Kaiju as just like a general class of creatures all come from the bottom of the ocean and therefore would qualify. Yeah. It's like a Japanese term for big ass monster. Yeah. <laughs> so Pacific Rim, it, fill me in a, a bit on that. So it's basically a, like just like a huge war between kaiju, right? Yeah. So there's a big uh, uh, portal that opens up in the Pacific Ocean to some other dimension and these gigantic monsters come through. Mm-hmm. And so logically, <laughs> logically enough, to fight these <laughs> monsters, we build giant humanoid ro- robots <laughs> <laughs> to fight them with things like chain swords and missiles and things. <laughs> Of course, that, <laughs> that makes total sense. <laughs> uh, I didn't see the second Pacific Rim, although the first one had Idris Elba, and he makes this speech where they're going to cancel the apocalypse, and he uses his <laughs> native English accent, which is satisfying. That's cancel culture right there, cancel the apocalypse. <laughs> what did the apocalypse do to you? And then uh, <laughs> Cloverfield, which attacks New York, and they don't actually really give it a name. People just call it Cloverfield after the name of the movie. But mm-hmm. uh, it's subtly hinted in the movie that it was awakened by an oil tanker. Mm-hmm. Does it look like Godzilla? What does it look like? No, it kind of looks like a giant booger with legs. Oh, <laughs> That's disappointing. Yeah. A giant booger that can knock buildings over. <laughs> yeah, I feel like there's this there's this criticism a lot that like we we don't we're not creative enough in coming up with like our our visions of aliens and monsters because they they tend to all kind of look the same. But yeah, um, that's what's kind of creepy about them. Like if something is just a blob, it's honestly I don't know. Is it that scary because we can't relate to it? So for the podcast, I actually watched Aliens of the Deep, the documentary made by James Cameron. Nice, and uh, it was really disappointing. Really? <laughs> yeah. Like uh, there was a lot of the documentary where people were just standing around talking about how lucky they were to be there, and then uh, being very impressed by by swaying bacteria in the ocean that were hanging around lava vents. And I get like the scientific importance of finding uh-huh. stuff that exists below the line when the the sunlight can reach, and instead using mm-hmm. uh, volcanic heat f- for life. But like it just wasn't very interesting, and it was originally in 3D and IMAX theaters. I imagine that it would have been better to see it there. But yeah, I mean, when, when did James Cam- was it was it with the Abyss where James Cameron really became fascinated with the sea, or was it when he started doing the submersible stuff for Titanic? But in any, at some point, he became obsessed. Yeah, I think it was with Titanic. I mean, I think he, Abyss probably signaled that he was moving in that direction, but I think it was mm-hmm. Titanic. Um, cause for, after he made Titanic, he made a documentary an under, under, uh, undersea documentary, um, about the actual Titanic wreck. I did mm-hmm. not watch that. Um, and then, uh, of course there's avatar and the forthcoming 
avatars two, three, four, and five. <laughs> I'm exhausted just listing them. <laughs> so I, I, I think every, I won't say every, but as many young early twenties men do, I went through a Vonnegut phase was obsessed with Vonnegut. I, I love Vonnegut still love Vonnegut, but there was a point in, in my life where I was like really obsessed with Vonnegut. Um, and the, the book Galapagos like always sticks with me because it's just the gro- sort of grotesquity of it. Is mm-hmm. that a word? Grotesque? Grotesqueness? Gr- yes. <laughs> um, anyway, the book is basically about a um, like a group of humans that get stranded on the Galapagos Islands. I think it's a shipwreck. And while they're there, the rest of humanity gets wiped out. Mm-hmm. And... Um, it's really weird. There's basically like a, a ghost that like has to stick around on earth and, and follows them and watches these people <laughs> evolve over like thousands of years. And the humans kind of evolve into sea lions. Um, and I don't know, there's just, <laughs> for some reason it just like, <laughs> I find it hilarious and gross and, and uh, also like very interesting to think about like where human evolution will one day go. I, I got to um, think it's it's got to go back into the ocean. It covers so much of our planet. I think there's things we can do to to prevent the worst of climate change, but I think it's a foregone conclusion that eventually <laughs> <laughs> large areas of our Earth are going to go back. To I'll be the I'll be living in the San Diego archipelago. Exactly. So um, we're we are going to turn into some form of sea monster. It's going to be like Waterworld. We're all going to be. Are we going to be <laughs> Kevin Costner or Dennis Hopper? Which oh, one? I hope I'm Dennis Hopper. i find it unlikely that humans will ever be eradicated from the earth through some catastrophe i do think that like we'll we'll be here for a long time but it is interesting to think of when the situations change what what's going to happen we will become sea creatures probably at some point (laughs) (laughs) all right neil what are we going to do next week Werner herzog nice Yeah, dude, I'm gonna I'm gonna be on vacation this week, so I'm just gonna watch like a crap ton nice. of Werner Herzog movies. Yeah, I have a, a Werner Herzog uh, box set, so I'll, I'll bust into that. Nice, dude. That's gonna be a good one. I'm excited just, about that. And I just he just did a documentary on Apple about meteors. I watched that the other day on Apple Plus. No, uh, yeah, yeah, on Apple Plus. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right, my friend. Um, I'm Mayor Platypus Pete. And I'm Kirby Puckett's Bucket of Fish. (laughs) And this has been Planet of the Meerkats. Goodbye. Planet of the Meerkats is produced by Neil Fries and David Garrison. Our theme music is performed by Tawny Frogmouth. (laughs) My head is like a shark's fin.